Well, if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis, okay? Commercial hour is over. And I want to share with you today uh, something that's really great. You know, when you think about the foundation, I've been, I've been praying about what I want to share with you guys today. When you think about the foundation of everything, you're going to see a lot of neat things. And over the weeks, uh, you're, going to see things, you're going to see things mesh. And you're going to understand the Bible in ways that perhaps you haven't ever been able to. Because there's some things, because Genesis is not, is not a, one of those books that people study a whole lot or at least look at. Most uh, believers, they just kind of concentrate on the New Testament. But you, you, you see so much in the foundational part of who we are and what we believe. And uh, I think the reason so many times people have huge doubts is because they've never taken the time to, to know and understand what they believe. It's easy to doubt something that you don't understand. And so as we take a look at this, today is just his image. And, and I decided to spend an entire Sunday just on what does it mean to be created in his image. I think it's that important for you to understand, for me to understand, because there is tremendous freedom if you can grasp the concept of what we're talking about today, of being created in his image. I can't tell you how much freedom that there is. So the first part, we're gonna, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a, lot of, uh, a lot of things to learn kind of things, right? And then the other part is going to be how does it apply? You know, whenever you read the Bible, you ask yourself three questions, right? I've heard this since, since I was in school. You ask yourself three questions, okay, when you're reading it. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? And what does it mean to me personally? Okay, that's the thought. In other words, how did, what did it mean now? Therefore, what did it mean back in their culture? What does it mean now? That is transfer the principles to our culture. And then what does it mean to me personally? Therefore, the personal application to your life of what the scripture talk about. And that's what we're going to follow kind of that today. First part of it's going to be, okay, hey, what did it look like then? Of course, now with the Genesis, you're going a long ways back. So, uh, but today, today's thought is his image or his likeness. What does that mean? Okay. Well, I want to read I want to read a, a good chunk. I want to read basically the entire sixth day of creation. Okay? I want to read the entire sixth day, and, uh, and, then, and then I'll make a few thoughts and comments along the way, but, but then I've got some things you just really need to hear. Okay, let's, go, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's read it together. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, we talked about that when we talked about the difference in evolution. Evolution teaches you that everything started real, real basic, simple, and then grew complex, and that species actually jumped over one another. Or in other words, you know, uh, a frog became an amphibian, became a well, became a reptile, became a uh, you know a fish. You know, you just everything kind of goes into one another. And where are you, you know, in the you know on the scale of evolution and. And, but the scriptures teach the exact opposite, is that species stay in their own species. That's why you'll read, I think it's some 14 times, after its kind. Fruit produces seed, which produces after its kind. Therefore, you can take an acorn and you can plant it in the ground, and you can pretty much bet that it's going to be an oak, an oak tree. There's really no chance 
that no, no matter how many times you plant an acorn, there's really no chance that an orange tree is going to grow. But I want you to know that's what evolution teaches, that over lots of times it changed from one to another. It teaches, it all began, and it's an interesting thing. It's, I just, I have a hard time being on any of that page, okay? But anyway, so that's what it's talking about after it's kind. Let's continue to read. It says this, uh, livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth, according to their kinds. There it is again. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So this is sixth day of creation. So all of these things we've just talked about were created on the same day that, that you and I, okay, or at least man and then woman was created when you put them in understand, okay? So it goes on to say this, chapter one, verse 26, it says, let us make, let us make man um, in our image. Very interesting. We don't have time to talk about it, but it's really interesting that you see the plural there. Us, our, a lot of people believe this is, and I'm one of them, believes this refers to the Trinity all the way back right in the first few verses. But we'll have to talk about that another time. It says, and let them have dominion. If you like writing your Bible, underline the word dominion. We'll talk about that in a minute. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of uh, the heavens, uh, uh, obviously the livestock and all over the earth, every creeping thing that lives on earth. So, so God created man in his own image. In the, in, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said, then be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed uh, that is on the face of the earth and every tree uh, with seed in its fruit. And you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and then there was morning, and it was the, it was the sixth day. So the first thing I want to talk to you about today is the image of our creation. And I just, you're going to have to hang with me here because when I pull it all together at the end, you're going to see just how impacting this can really be. You know, a lot of, a lot of people just lump, just lump us in, okay, back to the thought, number one, the image of our creation. And I want to start off immediately of what this looks like because so, so much of what you are told today is that, is that you're just at a stage in the evolutionary process. Guys, this is predominantly what's shared. This is predominantly what's taught, and it's predominantly what is believed. And if, even if people say that they believe in God, they still, because this is what they're taught since they were, since they were earliest in school. And so, and I know it's that way because I remember this is what I was, this is what I was taught. Uh, as early as the fourth grade, I remember personally. So it's been going on. We have generations and generations who believe that we're nothing more than just a higher form of animal. Okay? That affects everything when that's what you believe about yourself. There's a difference 
between believing that you're just a higher form of animal, but really there's nothing distinctive about who I am, and then believing that you were created in God's image. It's a huge difference in what you think of yourself. A lot more than you, than you ever realized. It impacts you a lot more than you ever realized it can impact you. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But basically, there are similarities on the day of creation between uh, the animals, especially physically. Uh, we have a lot of the same internal organs. We have a lot, a lot of the same limbs uh, and different things like that. And, uh, but, but the similarities don't, don't just lump them in to say, well, that we're just a higher form of animals. It's just not the truth. Because there are some major differences. So what is it that makes it different? Because made in the image of God, created in the image of God, means it doesn't mean we look like him because obviously the scriptures, scriptures teach he's spirit. So there's, there's something different in the way he created you and I than it is from the different from the animals. And, and, and you just need to hear it. Let's talk, let's talk about it just a little bit. I've got four. There are many more. Okay, that we could, we, I could do a whole series on what it means to be created in his image. But, but number one, number one, one of the similarities that we, excuse me, one of the incredible contrasts, or if you will, what does it mean to be created in the image of God? What is it that separates us from life, the rest of life on earth? Okay, number one, number one, is that we have a craving to know God. Have you ever wondered why inside of us, it's not, side of, it's not inside of anything else that's been created on this planet? Even the smartest of the animals, you know, you don't have a zebra sitting on a rock thinking, I wonder how I got here. Why? Because you were created in his image, therefore you have a desire inside of you to know him or at least to head in a direction to find out who he is. It is, C.S. Lewis, we all have it. C.S. Lewis called it, and I've, I've talked to you about this quite a bit. He talked to you about having the, the hole, okay, the hole in your soul, okay? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, having put on the new self, we'll talk about that a little bit, which is being renewed in knowledge, which is being renewed in knowledge after, look at this, the image of its creator, knowledge that is knowing him it is in you because it was created in you that is why you wonder the things that you wonder that is why even someone who is atheistic still has these thoughts why because it's in them it's in them the desire to know the one the desire to know the one that created you there's a mental likeness you have the ability to reason you have the ability to think and you have, a, you, you have creativity. You have the ability to plan and have thoughts that can wonder and imagine and figure out certain things. That's because you were created with it. Okay? It just didn't happen over millions and millions and millions of years that all of a sudden you could start thinking this way. Why? Because, because God created you that way. You'll see it. You'll see more in just a minute. But it is remarkable. So there's a mental likeness. Now, obviously, we don't have the capacity. We are finite, okay? We are, and obviously, he's infinite. So, so we, don't, we don't have the mental 
uh, the mental, obviously, capabilities of, of the infinite, but still, there's a difference between us, the ability to reason. But also, there's a moral likeness. Now, sin has marred a whole lot of it. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. But there's a moral likeness. There's something else different than everything else that was created. Not just your ability to think and to reason, but also your ability to understand and to know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. Now, again, a lot of times we allow, you know, self-centered thinking to skew what is right and wrong. Doesn't mean that we don't have struggles with that. But in the perfect world, which was what he created, there's a, there's a, there's a moral sense and I have found that anyone who is sane has a hard time living with themselves if they know the lifestyle they're living is wrong, especially over the long haul. They'll either convince themselves that what they're doing is fine. Uh, that's why even criminals have a code, right? Why? Because we always set up this system of what is right and what is wrong and trying to live what is right. Why? Because it's stamped on us. The animals don't do that. Okay? They don't do that. Animals don't sin. Right? So, let me give you, let me give you a thought there. Right? How, how, how do you have a happy dog? All right, let me tell you, I'll give you the, the formula for making your dog happy. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Number one, he or she needs a warm bed. Inside, if, prefer, if preferable, right? And a warm bed. And then and good food. Good food. And then every day or so, give them something to do. Like go out in the backyard, throw a stick. That is, give them a quest to accomplish and, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden you, you know, I remember we had hunting dogs when I was, a, when I was younger with my grandfather and they used to get so excited when they knew we were going hunting. If you've ever seen dogs, they're just, they just, I mean, they're, I mean, they're happy, they're fed, uh, they've got a bed, right? And they've got, they've got somebody who'll throw a stick and, and, and they're a happy dog. All right, listen to this. Okay. You were created for more than that. You can have a warm bed. You can have food. And then you can have a video game that you can try to accomplish something. But I'm here to tell you, you will grow dissatisfied with it because you were created for more. And you know you know that. Why is it that when some of us, not all of us ever get there, but some of us can can achieve such great things and have so much stuff and yet never be content with it. Why? Because you were created for more. You were created with a craving to know the God who created you. It, it's, just the, it's just the truth and it is in us. It is there. Incredible thing to think about. Number two, we have a capability for dominion. Take a look at it in chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make man our own image and let him have dominion over the fish of sea and everything else of creation. I want you to understand that the creation, this is interesting. The creation was created for you. And it was created for you to enjoy. And that you were to have dominion over it. I find it interesting. Is that 
the, the incredible freedoms that we were created with, it's amazing how sin causes them to kind of, uh, if you will, go the other way. Yeah, I mean, the flop. And let me tell you one minute. We were created to know God, right? But it's in, incredible how that, that we, we come up with other gods that we go looking for to fulfill that, and we just went up empty. Same thing is said of here of dominion. Uh, dominion means to, 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 to rule, but also to, to be over, to have dominion over. And I'm amazed, too, that the things that we're supposed to have dominion over, it's interesting to me how that, um, how that those things can start to have dominion over us. You know, the picture here is, is like, uh, what does it mean to have dominion? It means to, it means to, to rule, to change, uh, to create an environment. There is, there is so much to building and growing and creating atmosphere. And uh, you have to remember when Jesus rode on the donkey on the, you know, on the triumphal entry, remember that he got on the back of a, of a young donkey that had never been ridden before. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that. Probably 99% of you have never gotten on the back of a, of a horse or, or a donkey that, that has never been ridden, but they don't like it at first. But if you have dominion, it's the picture of it was in the early Eden. There was a, there was a harmony. Sin messed that one up. But let me go back to the other thought. So, so what does it mean? I mean, again, creating an environment, and, and that, that's incredible how how that that has happened and the things that have been built. You know, we are number one on the list of our ability to change our environment, right? We're number one on the planet. You want to know who number two is? Beavers. I'm not lying. I think number three are bees. Okay, well, there you go. Can you not see the difference? By the way, beavers are pretty clever. We have family land where we are, and we, had, we have beavers, and, and it's incredible. We have a stream that runs through the land, and, and they dammed it up. Oh, they're such intelligent, I guess intelligent. But when I went to the dam that they'd built on the little stream, it was incredible, the engineering and how that sticks that were chewed off were, were, were rammed into the bank as support to the dam they built. It just was fascinating to me, okay? And basically, after they dammed up the stream and went around all of it, is that they covered about 10 acres in four feet of water. And so, you know, you go down there and you're, you, know, you rip this dam down and this water flows out, and, and within a day or two days, it's all built back up. They're the, they're, and, 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 and it's amazing how it's hard to, to find them. You know, anyway, I'm going into way too much. But here's the thought. What they do, they do by instinct. They didn't go to architectural school. Right? What they do, they do by instinct. Nobody taught them. It's not that they're ultra smart. It's just an instinctual thing that they were created with. It is an amazing thing to think about, but it doesn't compare to who you are. It doesn't compare to who God made you to be. But when you see yourself as just another animal, that's what makes abortion acceptable in our culture. 
It's just another animal. It's just population control. That's why if you're a believer, that's why if you understand you're created in God's image, that's what we talked about last week with murder. What is murder? Why can't you just go out and kill someone? Animals do it. Why? Because God gave life, and if you were created in his image, you have no right to take that away. That becomes the picture of what it means, his image. And I know this flies into the face of our culture. Somebody's got to talk about it. Because that's, it, it's, it's obviously foundational to everything we are and everything that we believe. Dominion. Interesting. But when I go back to the other thought, it's interesting how that when sin comes into the world, it's amazing how those things can have dominion over us. What do I mean? Well, stuff. Physical materials. Okay? Pieces of paper with pictures of dead presidents on them. It's incredible how those things can have dominion over you. Right? How that you can begin to serve them. That's what happens when you flop it and mess it up. God never intended you to be ruled by those things. By material possessions. By other things. That is never the way. Why? Because you were created. And if you were created in his image, you were created. You were created not to be subservient, not to be a slave. But you were created to be free. I think that's incredible. Where do you think they came up with it? All men are created equal. And endowed by their creator. Do you not understand these things? And yet there's been so many lies uh, given out, right? Perpetuated. That people have begun to believe them. Interesting. We were created to have dominion. That's what makes us different. Number three. We also have a capacity for depravity. Now, we're going to talk about this in a few weeks, you know, when we talk about the tree. You know the tree? Come on, you know about the tree. Right? The tree in the Garden of Eden, right? You know, and where it all messed up. And, and the great question that has always happened, or has always come, and we'll, again, we're going to talk about this a lot more in a few weeks, is that why would God even put that there? Okay? Why not... Why not just not have that there and then we don't have any problems? Why? Because you were created that way. You were created so that you could have a choice. And if you don't have a choice, then you are living in slavery. I don't care how posh the cell is. I hope you heard me. Some of you didn't. Glazed over. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You were given a choice. Therefore, you were created with, with a capacity to head the wrong direction if that's what you choose to do. And to suffer the consequences that come with that. A lot of people don't like that. But it is the truth, and we know it's the truth. Therefore, think about this. If you have the, the, the ability for depravity, that also gives you the ability for devotion. Do you see the difference? If you have the capacity to hate, that also gives you the capacity to love, does it not? Because if the only choice is loving, then have you ever really have a choice in what you love? I just want you to see how you were created. And don't believe the lies around you. By the way, let me tell you this one, because this is going to come up later. 
Bless you. You were created to be loved and to love. And I don't care how big and bad and tough some guys think they are. I don't need anybody. They're lying. It's a facade. All of us need to be loved. All of us. Every one of us. It's just sometimes we've been burnt so many times that we want to say we don't need anybody. But that's not the way you were created. You were created to need and to know God's love for you. And you were created to have to be able to return that and given the choice whether you want to or not. The reason that you either believe in God or reason that you love him is because it is your choice. Why? Because you were given that choice from your creator himself. He does not just want talking robots. He could program every one of you in here to say whatever he wanted you to say. But it's your creation. He made you in his image and he gave you Choice. He gave you freedom. It is an incredible thing. You know, what I'm told, it's pretty interesting. Computers are getting so much better. But from what I'm told, you know, you can program computers to, you know, talk. You can talk to them now, you know. And you can even, you can even program them to respond. You know, and so you can walk in and you turn, turn the computer, computer, you know. And, and your computer says back to you, uh, good morning, Jeff. Boy, you are looking awesome today. But it's kind of hollow, isn't it? It's kind of hollow because you programmed it to say that. Do you understand why God made you like he made you? You're just not a programmable ro robot. You're someone with freedom. He longs for you to know him and to love him, but it is your choice. Can you not see it? How you were created. It's obvious if you, if you want to know. The reason you don't know or love God today is because you've chosen not to. You know, I've always had the greatest time when I speak. You can always tell when somebody has a capacity and has a longing to love God. With a lot of times, it's what is it that bores you? Right? What is it that bores you? When we talk about the things we talk about in here, does it bore you? Well, if it does, then you need to ask yourself the question Do I truly want to know who God is? Do I even care? But either way, you've made the choice. Why? Because you were given that choice from your creator. I can't tell you how life-changing this can be, but this is just the teaching part. We're going to get to application in a minute, even though we've already talked about a lot of application. You'll see what I mean. Number four, we have a conscience of destiny. We're the only thing in this creation that thinks about a future. We're the only thing in this creation that knows that there's something past this. Our evolutionist friends which is pretty depressing. They don't have an answer for our origin, and they definitely, the only answer they have for our, for our death is that when you die, you're done. That's exciting, huh? Right. So anyone who, who, who dies because of the sin of another 
Anyone whose life was absolutely made miserable by other people, you know, that's just your chance. Dumb luck, you know, you're dead too bad. But you know better because you were created differently. You know somehow deep inside that one day you will answer for the way that you lived. You know it. And it scares a lot of us, and it probably should. All of us. Right? It just, I mean, again, we know these things, and death is something that nobody likes to talk about. You, it's okay at a funeral, but when the funeral's done, let's not talk about it anymore. Because it scares us. But we know it to be the truth, that we know eternity to be the truth. Why? Because in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he said he made everything beautiful in its time. And look at this. And he has also, he's put eternity into our hearts. In other words, we can't figure, look at the rest part of this, because sometimes we skip this. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. In other words, you don't have the capacity to get it all. But you know it's there because God created you with it. There's another animal alive. It even comes close. You are different. I don't care how much they tell you that you're just an evolved animal. Right? It's an amazing thing, who you are. So this brings us to number two. We're going to get some application now. I've kind of shared with you some of the foundational thoughts. Let's get to some of the things that, okay, that are important for you to understand. Number one is the, I mean, excuse me, number two is the impact of our creation. What is the impact? What, is the, what does the knowledge that you were created in his image mean to you? Okay. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us. And then while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 said, beloved, let us love one another uh, for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Therefore, God is a source of love and that he created us with the capacity to love. And the, if we have the capacity to love, that means we also have the capacity to hate. But there are a lot of choices that goes on inside for that. But here's the key thing. If you have a God who created you in his image, then he loves you. He loves you. And that is an amazing thing to comprehend and to understand. But it also will set you free if you ever live in it. Does that make sense? is that he actually loves you. The closest thing in creation to that is when you have children. And, and you love them. Come sometimes you can't stand them, but you still love them. That's as close to understanding God's love for you. That's why he's related to us as, as a heavenly father. It's an incredible thing to think on. But a God that loves you. Now, now, the big deal today, the buzzword, okay, big, big, big buzzword, is self-image. Okay, and Dr. Fluffyhead and all of his friends tell you how to have a good self-image, right? A healthy self-image. So I'm going to, again, please don't answer any of this out, out loud, but what is it that makes up a healthy self-image? 
Ask myself that question. Not what the scripture says, but what Dr. Fluffyhead and his friends would say. And most of it comes with, you know, with some sort of a self, I'm good, I'm valuable, I'm whatever, I'm whatever. But in reality, you're not. But you're supposed to tell yourself that. And you're supposed to surround yourself with people who tell you how good you and wonderful you are. But in the end, it usually is a failure. Why? Because this culture that you live in is set up to make you feel bad about yourself. It's the truth. Especially, I'm going to be real blunt and honest with you. I'm not saying it's not for guys, but especially for girls. And the younger you are, the harder it is on you. Just abusiveness. Our culture is abusive to girls. And putting these things up of who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to look like. And you live in this constant state of fear of not being this or that or not wearing this or not looking like this or and we have people doctoring themselves, surgery to look a certain way. I believe it's hardest on the girls. Why? Because this world, so much of your self-image is wrapped up in your appearance. And yet God tells you that's the least important thing about you. Does that make sense? And I know this may be hard-hitting, but it, it's freeing if you can ever live in it. I'm not just talking to girls and to ladies. Talking to all of us, it just hits you harder. I've had, I have, and I was just thinking to say I've had three dollars. I still have them, right, right. <laughs> and one of my hardest jobs as a parent is to get to not get this them with their self-image wrapped up in their appearance. Now, don't get me wrong. I think you ought to look your best, but some of our best, y'all know what I'm saying. But so, so, why? Because the scripture says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God what? He looks at the heart. Therefore, if you're his, then your primary concern could be who, should be who you are, because that's what God sees. He's not physical, therefore he doesn't have physical attributes. God doesn't have eyes per se, physical eyes or physical ears. Therefore, everything physical was not so much created in God's image. It's everything else that you are that was created in his image. Therefore, let's work on the things. But isn't it amazing how we spend most of our time working on the things that don't matter, and that has to do with appearance? Interesting, huh? We found out early on, is that if you don't get your healthy self-image from the God who created you, you are doomed for a life of peaks and valleys. We saw early on parenting, right? You know, you could pump your kids up at home. You could tell them how wonderful they are. Oh, I love you so much. You're wonderful. You're whatever, whatever, whatever. And then as soon as you let them off at school, you know, some bozo makes a comment about their dress or something else. And it goes in the trash, everything you've just said, right? But it, I tell you, if you're a believer here today, I want you to hear me. And I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me strong because I can't tell you how freeing this is. 
Those of you who hate yourself, remember who you are. You're his. He created you. Not so much the physical stuff. Why? Because that doesn't matter. He created you, a living soul. In his image, the incredible part about is he loves you. He loves you, but he has given you the choice of whether to love him or not. It's an incredible thing to think about. It's a powerful thing to think about. It's life-changing if you have ever accepted God's love for you and lived in his view of who you are as opposed to what all the other bozos around you say. And it's worse now because of social media. I mean, how can anybody, how can anybody have a healthy image of themselves living in this culture? But if you've ever accepted who God says you are, it'll set you free. It'll be amazing how it'll set you free. Okay, I've got to be done. Number three, this is where I'll close. I'm not going to stay here long. We'll pick this up in another time. But I've called this the inheritance of our new creation. Now maybe you'll understand, wherever you read, this will help you. Whenever you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, whenever you come across the word, image or likeness, always think he's referring in this passage to creation. We talked about this last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. So you have then this incredible picture that you were created, but you were given choice. You made a lot of wrong choices, which basically led to a lot of chaos, a lot of problems. But then God did something to do a new creation. A recreation. It's an incredible thing to think about. So if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. Romans 8, 28. And we know, we've, I mean, we always quote this one, right? Especially when things are going bad. And we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. Well, a lot of times tough things happen in our lives, but God's got a purpose, you know? Sometimes you get tired of hearing it, but God's got a purpose. But sometimes we skip verse 29 because... It's one of those hot button issues that I'm not going to talk about today. But I do want to share with you the last piece. It says this, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, here we go, to be conformed to the what? Whenever you see the word likeness or image, we're going back to creation. Therefore, the recreation, the new creation, is to create you in the image that is the likeness of Christ. All right? in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. The firstborn creation. Does that make sense? Ephesians 4, 24. Then for, therefore, to put on the new self, created after what? The likeness. There it is again. It'll set you free if you start just reading and saying, oh, that's referring to creation. Understanding creation, understanding that you were created in his likeness, that is in his image, has huge impact. Okay, we'll pick this up next time. But I want to close with a story. It's a story I've shared with you before, but it's been a long time. And Martha and I have worked through lots of things in lots of different places. And, but the student ministry shared with us a whole lot. I loved working with students. 
It's one of the hardest times of your life, but it is one of the most important. I found that the choices you make as a teenager will follow you all of your life. They'll either bring you great memories or they'll haunt you. Isn't it amazing how that works? Especially choices you made when you were so immature. But you didn't think you were immature. Does that make sense? Anyway, we were student ministry. I, 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 I just loved it. And um, anyway, there was this kid in our student ministry. And this little girl, she was I don't know, 11 or 12 huh, when we first met her. And she was the most obnoxious kid I'd ever met in my life. In fact, she was one of those kids that made fun of everybody else and she was good at it. And it was funny. But either people thought she was funny or they hated her. And I don't know about you, but when you're the student pastor, I didn't like her either, by the way. And, but when God makes you a student pastor, he's commanded you to love her. And it wasn't a fun thing to do, not at first. But she even attacked me, made fun. You know, it, ah, geez. And so anyway, uh, through the years, we just, I just, you know, it's whatever, and just kind of just, you just kind of make a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna try to love this kid or love this kid as much as I can. And I didn't realize that we were doing it well enough to where we were kind of making an impact. A lot of times you don't ever see the impact you make when you love someone, especially those who aren't lovable. And um, I've always found that those who aren't lovable, it's a reason they're not lovable. At least I found out now. I didn't know then. Anyway, through a series of events, she started changing a little bit, but not much. But I remember going to a camp, right? I can't. By the way, I have a picture of me and this girl on, on my wall at my office. Um, every time I look at it, it reminds me not to give up on anyone. Does that make sense? Just don't give up. Just don't give up. Anyway, so this little girl wound up at 14 or 15, a few years later, gave her life to Christ and and I remember at a camp, she stood up. Um, we, gave the, we always give the kids the opportunity to share, and it can be a little dangerous at times, but she, she, she shared, and, and then it all spilled out. You know, she was part of a family, and her dad was a pastor. And she said, we had this perfect little family, and then, you know, dad had an affair and ran off with someone, and you know, I didn't, we didn't hear from him for years. And I just always saw myself as not being worth dad wanting to stay. She's sharing this in front of her peers. My heart broke for her because of the negative self-image that this world had imposed on her. Are you hearing my heart here? Not just what I'm saying, but you hear my heart. I think everybody can relate. Everybody knows. If you can't relate personally, you know where this has impacted others. Anyway, so I saw a transformation happen. She went from one of the kids that I couldn't stand the most into one of the most beloved kids I'd ever had in the 10 years I was in student ministry. And it was all because she began to get her self-image from her new father 
as opposed to from the old one. Why? Because if anyone's in Christ, they're a what? A new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. All right? That's good stuff. Not because I said it, but because it's the truth about who you are. All right? I'm so looking forward to this series. I can't tell you how foundational it is in understanding who you are as his. All right? As his child. All right, God bless. Let's all stand. We'll have a closing word of prayer. Come on up, Anthony. And uh, as, I, as we close today, I'm heading to the guest reception. And I would love to have an opportunity to meet you today if you're a visitor with us. But God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Anthony, why don't you close us? Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, if you are a guest, we've got a gift for you in that guest reception. We would love for you to stop by there. Also, if you're not plugged into a small group, uh, I know we say this every week, but it's so important. We believe in it so much, our small group ministry here. Uh, we would love to see you plugged into a small group. We've got our Connection Center. Uh, it's right out these doors in the middle here on the left. We've got people in there that would love to talk to you, say hi, and just get to know you a little bit better and get you plugged into a small group. Um, we've, we've got our camp stuff that we talked about earlier in the video. That's all the way down here through the connector, straight down there at the end. Uh, and then I'll be up here uh, down, down by the stage. If you have any questions or anything about what we talked about today, I'd love to talk with you. Um, I, I know, too, I like to say this, our summer series is a little bit longer series. All of our messages are available online and on the app. If you want to go back and catch up or share something with your friends, uh, you can do it that way. I'll pray for us uh, today. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Uh, and we'll be dismissed. We'll see you all next week. God, thank you so much for today. And thank you for uh, time that we can come together and worship you and hear from your word. Uh, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.